All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Gentlemen, two weeks ago when we recorded this podcast, I pointed out that I had noticed that 90 Premier League matches were scheduled over the next 37 calendar days. Yeah. We did a show last week that I was particularly proud of, focusing on some of the important topics, even though there was a midweek game week that took place last week. For sure. Week. That, that's all we could do. It's how, it's how it goes. Uh, there is no midweek game week this week. We have just come out of 29 matches in nine days wow. in the Premier League. Wow. It's pretty incredible. It's a lot. 29 because of the snow that and, postponed. And, and it hasn't been a good one for Arsenal because everything's always about Arsenal. Oh, really? It's been a rough right nine days. Right off the top. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we're just throwing it out. That's a good Arsenal moment. Well, yeah, I'm glad we got that out of the way. That's the silver lining here, Brian. The snow snow game. The snow game kept it from being 30. Uh, But once the matches resume this Friday, there will still be 61 more in 25 days to be played. So there's still good things to look forward to. We are rolling through the festive fixtures. And so we're going to talk about some of the important storylines that have come out of the last three game weeks and looking ahead into the next you know, few that are going to be played before you uh, listen to this podcast again. And uh, we'll do that with a forward featuring Stutter Dud. Mm, forward mm. feature. Okay. We'll <laughs> give out a uh, – actually, I'm going to give you guys the ability to choose the dumb mass move of the week. Okay. Wow, okay. I've got some other segments in here too, including our honorary meaningless fantasy half point, the FPL bad beat of the week, the Brad Guzan Award for Courage. That's all going to be in here, gentlemen. I love wow. that. That's that's a lot, and and whatever else you guys want to talk about. Okay, well, sure. That's a war, an award we don't give out enough. I that's <laughs> one of my favorite ones. The brag is on. It it will explain it because we might have some new listeners that don't know the story of why it's called the brag is on. Uh, award for courage. Award for courage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I decided to bring it back. Today. Well done. I why not? It. Fantastic. We've had a lot of matches. There's been stuff Jeez. happening. Ryan, let's talk about game week fifteen plus some and more. One of the things that came up quite a bit this past weekend, uh, a handful of players are already being impacted by this, and it's been happening prior to this weekend, but it definitely seems to be coming up a lot right now, is this idea of yellow card accumulation. Now, this rule isn't new to this season, but five yellow cards over the course of the season means that you are suspended for a match. And we've seen that happen to some players here and there. But on top of COVID positives, which we saw that with Ivan Tony this past weekend, just reminding us COVID's still out there for these Premier League players. Ah, the COVID. And can impact your lineups. And it can, for sure. The weather, we learned, 
a week ago. The line can have an impact. Phantom, not even phantom, but just hidden injuries. Can affect the lineup. But now you have yellow card accumulation. Do you still have Shane Duffy, Dave? I have not had Shane Duffy all year, but maybe last year. I had Shane Duffy. <laughs> you were the one that had Shane Duffy. <laughs> I had Shane Duffy, and no, I have I, I got rid of him, I think, two, now it would be two game weeks ago. He is in the top five as we're sitting here for transfers out. Hmm. I have to believe it's largely because people saw the red triangle and decided to go ahead and send him out, even though there are triangles for just one match due to yellow card. He's one of the more higher profile players to be out for yellow card accumulation something else we've got to look at and think about and 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 consider um shane duffy uh is if when i got rid of him it was uh largely because of the uh the run of zeros and twos and ones that he had strung together and then not a not great brighton schedule but he has played in the last two matches and now that lewis dunk has had a setback with his knee injury they're going to need Shane Duffy. Yeah. Because I think the report is, or the expectation is, that Shane, that um, Dunk will miss the remainder of the calendar year. So all of this pile of fixtures here through the festive period means you're probably going to see Shane Duffy uh, as soon as that red triangle gets rid of that suspension. It's just another thing to add to the list as you're paying attention and figuring out what to do with your squad, trying to have a full 11 Score you something. You've been saying that all each season, and every. Though, I mean, it's on a, this podcast. I had two players who didn't play this past game week. I would For have. Me, it was lo- injuries. I would have loved to have had at least one player not play this past game. Week. <laughs> um, Someone got into but, your lineup, but it did not play. happen. So, well, fair enough. Uh, one other thing that you might have noticed if you're looking at the FPL app over the weekend is that one match was already listed as. You know, to be rescheduled, the snow match, as we've mentioned, Burnley and, and Tottenham. But two more matches were added to that. Chelsea lost a couple of matches on the schedule in early February, so still still a couple of months away. But now that the Club World Cup is on the calendar, in addition to the players who will be missing for the Af- you know, African Cup of Nations, right after that tournament, we're going to have Chelsea out for a couple of game weeks, which means bad news in February when we want those Chelsea players to play. Maybe great news after that in April-ish. Exactly, when the double game weeks are scheduled. But something else just to keep in mind that's on the horizon in, you know, just to make this game a little bit more tricky. Presumably they'll be involved in every possible competition at that point. So I I wonder if they just seem like one of those teams that is as the year rolls on, I just finding the stable players there is seems like it's going to be tricky. Yeah, I don't know that I would. Dave, we have this debate every single year, and why not go ahead and just start it now? We, you know, when it comes to double game weeks, I'm I'm very uh, is it bullish? Is that the right term? When I'm very down on them? No, What's no. you are bullish no. Means you love that, them. Okay, so yeah. I'm I'm a bear, bearish. I'm bearish when it comes to 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 double game weeks. A lot of times players don't give you double the returns, which is kind of what you're hoping for. When you know, Definitely the opportunity. More minutes, building right. more points. When it comes to Chelsea, I'm not even sure you're going to get two matches for half their um, players. I would like to take the opportunity right even now to say that as somebody who uh, was, we talked about Ben Showell, we already know where he is. He's out indefinitely. He's in his recliner. 
Resting his knee. Elevating and icing. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully what he's doing is minimal knee movement. Rice. Um, My, my, and not just mine, but many of the FPL manager's knee-jerk reaction, no pun intended at all, don't even, (laughs) don't even look at me. I'm not even suggesting it. Really, dude? Was that, was to get Marcus Alonso. Sure. As we said, you know, the one health, healthy left back. I just want to take a moment to say I'm just not wild about the Marcus Alonso move that I made. I think I mostly regret it. <laughs> and you, you I, the, won't. The reason right? why is because, one, back injury. So he has a yellow triangle already. Uh, he is looking unlikely for leads this weekend. Thomas Tuchel has already said that he can't put the full burden of this of the run of matches they have can't put it all on Marcus Alonso anyway. Well, that's so, interesting. Cause... So he's already said we have Callum Hudson Odoi. We might try Saul Nigeth back there. Mm. Whoa! We... Did you throw a th on that? Yeah, because he's from Spain. That's how you say that. Yeah. Do you want to how to say it? We we I just said it, but <laughs> we can do it more formally at some point. Just not tonight. I'm just saying. Brian. Tuchel is already saying. No one else is saying Negeth. Spanish people are. Yeah, but I don't listen to Spanish people and I watch. What I'm well, saying. What are they? The games. The ga- Brian. He's not from wasn't, Ibiza. Wasn't. Wasn't. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Wasn't Tuchel saying that Alonso is like the fittest player Chelsea had at the start of the season? Yes. So that's the hilarious. So that's alarming. Yes, it is alarming. Also, I would like to add that. Good Alonzo at the start of the season turned into not so good Alonzo that got benched for Ben Chilwell, who has now and has now turned into oh crap the fans want to sell Alonzo in January Alonzo. Wow! Like I cannot like the the fans turning on him. Maybe it's been there. I, Chelsea serious Chelsea fans would probably be able to speak more to this, but I cannot tell you the number of Chelsea fans who have just simply pointed out. We are worse when he is out there. As huh. attacking wise, he because he's indecisive, because he puts so much pressure in the way he plays generally, he puts so much pressure on the rest of the defense, he even makes the good defenders look bad sometimes. I just don't see it working out, especially now where they've hit this rough patch and he's got an a knock. Well, that is the story with I mean, on the homepage of FPL right now, uh, you know, what to do with your Chelsea defenders? They're saying hold, which Reese James, absolutely. Rudiger, for sure, sure. Why not? I, I have uh-huh. Rudiger. I'm I'm gonna hang on to him. Uh, Chalaba, sure, love the guy. <laughs> I think he's such a such a good player. Lovely young man. So cheap and uh, price too, but yeah, I just I just I know that the move seemed to be very natural for everyone to just go. Chill well, straight to Alonso. 100%. I am just, I, I just don't like it. I, one of the few it, times it feels bad. One of the few times I don't do something and I end up not regretting it. No, you won't uh, regret it at all. Make a prediction, Brian. Chelsea defense better with Alonso or better with makeshift left wing back? I think they'll be better with makeshift wing back. Wow. Just because I, they I stay ch- home more. The reason why I think they, they will know. Already, I feel like the expectation will be different. I get that. If they have, especially Callum Hudson-Odoi, who when you see him, they've done it before, first of all. 
So that's this isn't new. They've done this. They did it last season a few times. And attacking wise, he is ridiculous. So the danger that he presents on that side alone compared to what Alonzo, like I, I one hilarious guy, can't even remember who it was. I'm not even going to go look for it. I just know that it was a Chelsea fan who said, I would rather see Marcus Alonso play straight up as number nine than see him play at, at left back again. Wow. Like I don't, I would rather see him play out and out striker than play on the, in the left defense. I feel like that is a that seems to be kind of a common sentiment with Chelsea fans at this point. All right, we miss Ben Chilwell being the 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 ultimate message here. Yeah, no question. Uh, all right, well, let's move to the forward position and, and jump right into our stud or dud game because this was the weekend of the forward. It's interesting. The forward position has been so weird this season. You got high priced guys not performing consistently. You have a lot of low-priced options who are playing really well and then being inconsistent, and it's it's hard to know what to do. And so as we head into, we're fully now in the month of December. The fixtures are going to be coming fast in the next month. Let's talk about whether or not you think these four forwards belong in people's fantasy FPL lineups over the next month. Okay? These four forwards. Yep, here we go. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. Number one, Callum Wilson, Newcastle, stud or dud? I'm going to say dud, especially based on... I believe you were this definitive. On schedule. That is amazing. It's the I'm schedule. So I, the schedule drives, so the schedule drives me crazy. I, I don't even care about the schedule. I, I'm so proud that you went dud. Just that I, I like Callum Wilson. I just and I, and I believe in Callum Wilson, Eddie Howe. You like the cut of his jib. I like the Eddie Howe, Callum Wilson. For Eddie sure. Howe. He's he, been scoring. He's coming off a 9-9. But right. I just don't like... He can get it against anybody. I just don't like it in this run. I, I'm with you on 100%. And uh, that schedule of games is daunting. I do not want him. I say, dud, Scott. I'd say in four weeks, maybe game week 20. So you don't... Like, Leicester, he can. He definitely can against this Leicester. But Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, maybe against United, you'd say you'd you'd roll the dice if you absolutely had Sometimes to. Sometimes it's leaky Liverpool. Sometimes, true. Yeah, totally. You're true. searching for a reason. To go right, that's what I'm saying. Now. You'd have to really talk yourself into it, and I feel like, especially now, like there, I just the the schedule is better for players that are around him. Uh, I would trust somebody else. And since this came up, I don't have another place to mention this. Let me mention this here. After seeing. United defeat Palace the way that they did. I think Rangnick, Rangnick, Rangnick. It's not Rangnick. It's like Rangnick. Ever since Solskjaer left, they were doing things under Carrick. So yeah, that I think somehow he's going to get that defense tightened up even more. They got a clean sheet here. It's interesting. Dello and Tellus have been playing. Yep, and Juan Basaka and Luke Shaw, whether by performance or by injury, have not been playing. Yeah, and and. And honestly, Lindelof got a chance with Varane going out with injury. Lindelof got a chance to get his spot back. Yep. So I think he's motivated. The other two guys in the wing backs are absolutely motivated to continue to play well. And it's I, I can't say this. I, I was talking to Brother Matt, but I, I can say this. I can't believe I'm saying this. But Tellus uh, has really been kind of the man in the defense, kind of shutting people down. When he was first brought in, 
it looked like he was going to permanently replace Luke Shaw. Yeah. And then that obviously changed. Yeah. And it shouldn't surprise any of us, though, if it probably starts to change back. Probably not. Um, something that I that is available out there in various places, just that Rio Ferdinand talked about it this this thing this week, specifically saying, like, Juan Basaka was named just on the bench. And so that's... Shaw has been in and out of injury. I know he had... I think there was concussion in there at one point, too. And But his his takeaway was both of those guys have like that it's a it's not just a simple thing just because they've been in there that this is a legitimate fight for both of them to get their spots back Mm. yeah so i i mean it's which is weird to me it's weird i feel like it's weirder about wan basaka who has had no competition it seems like for a while dallo came out of nowhere back in yeah this that to me is the weirder one uh shaw was so quality for so long so to to have that but Tellus has played really well, and yeah. somebody is going to be really worth it in there. But I this think. is only good news for Manchester United. Yeah, for to be sure. Able to bring the backups in, which is what they've been, Dallo and Tellus have been backups, to bring the backups in, to see a turn in the results, whether it's due to them or not, it's helped contribute to the turn in results, and then to force the guys who legitimately should be considered the starters to have to fight their way back in. That is only good news for Manchester United. For sure. All right, number two in our game. Harry Kane. I know. We don't want to talk about him anymore. Who? This guy had a ton of chances and could not put any of them into the net against Norwich. Who? Do you want Harry Kane in the month of December, stud or dud? I am debating, as we were sitting here even, whether or not I should take a minus eight. And part of that minus eight would be to move Harry Kane to Ronaldo. I would do that move. Um, I would do that move. I don't know either I, one. He, in the Spurs team, I, my my answer to your question is, I think he might be a dud. Yeah. I'm saying dud. I'm not touching him ever since. <clears throat> it's been bad mojo for Harry Kane personally and for, honestly, for Spurs a little bit, although that seems to have maybe turned around. But yeah, it's it, been bad mojo ever since Harry since, Kane came back. Since Antonio Conte, Harry Kane is leading Spurs – and is in the top three for forwards in every statistical category, except scoring goals. The, right. The nothing says nothing says what is happening with Kane more than Hyungmin's son twenty six points, Harry Kane eight points since Antonio Conte came in, and it's not for Kane's lack of production, touches in the box, shots. He's creating chances. He's created two big chances. So minimum, Kane is like under like that's the one part of it is that Kane is massively underperforming and he's getting into the positions. And then it's weird because his international form is really good. Oh, I I don't want to hear about his international. Yeah, form. but but that, but was that matters. Third tier European competition. He still has to kick the ball in, and then it was against Norwich. I mean, I guess it's like a scrimmage against the kids next door right? i mean at least he's scoring goals so i mean but not just not just goals <laughs> he's scoring like amazing goals that's fine it's just not translating that's what i I, I know but what i'm right? that's what i'm saying he he is he hasn't flipped the switch on yet and i will say for the first time this might be a little dramatic maybe maybe underselling kane nah. a little bit I, I don't do that when when no, it comes to harry kane never it actually looked for the first time to me like he wanted to score in this Norwich <laughs> yeah. match, and he couldn't. He legitimately couldn't. 
it's it's tough to just hit the switch. Fred scored a goal, and everyone started pointing out online about how Fred has more goals than Harry Kane in the league so far this season. I will say that Harry Kane had at least two, maybe three chances that were easier than Fred's, and he still could not put it in. Yeah, the he's he's had the chances. They get Brighton away this week, and then they're away to Leicester and Brighton, like we just said. Losing someone the quality of Lewis Dunk is not good. And they Lester, are, Lester di- hasn't defended a set piece yet this right. season. Right, and yet. Lester is the Harry Kane fixture. So Lester is Harry Kane's number one scoring target. If he can't get anything in the next two weeks, then, I mean, you're not expecting him necessarily to get anything against Liverpool, though that match is at home. Then it opens up again a little bit for them. I just, I don't know. I mean, look, the stats, like I said. I'm the, not I, Yeah, I, I'm. Never flinched when he came back? No. Yeah. I never thought about bringing him in, and I'm not going to. Now. He's been, yeah, I think he, for all the buzz about him, his fact that his his price went up twice since in this run of matches. E- it. Right, everybody ready for right, it. Right, everybody was, everybody was hoping not just for new manager bump, but just the expectation that, his other form would translate to the league, and it hasn't. And and it's not even Norwich is as bad as Andorra and San Marino or whoever they were playing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The only good thing you can say about Harry Kane is at least he's not dragging Sun down with him anymore. All right, Sun is Sun is wild right now, man. Number three, Patrick Bamford. Now, Bamford returns this past weekend. Scores. Boy, did he ever. Yeah. This and was the weekend, by the way, of stoppage time goals. Mm-hmm. So many goals in stoppage time. I mean, my club benefited from one. Dave, your club was harmed by one. Jeez, uh, that, it, guy, that kid hit a shot of his life. I've never heard Martin Tyler scream at a goal like he That screamed. was an amazing call. It really was. <laughs> uh, it was. That was so exciting. It was pure. And you don't get purity so, from Martin Tyler these I days. I was watching it, but at my daughter's non-basketball game. My, my daughter's on the, the school middle school basketball team, okay? But there's so many kids on the team because fifth and sixth grade, we're not really into cuts yet. We're just trying to get them involved in the game, which is a good thing. <clears throat> so they, they, they're like 24 girls on the team. So they, so I thought my daughter was going to play today. I show up, she said her knee hurts. So I guess she's going to play in the next squad game, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Cause mm-hmm. they only had like 11 or 12 play. So I was at my daughter's game that she wasn't playing in, but I was watching the Arsenal Everton match today. So I'm watching it. But it's on mute, right? Because I'm I'm in the stands. Like, it, but my daughter's not in the court, so I don't feel really guilty like watching the game. So I missed the audio call. Oh, it's oh, incredible! Yeah, you I mean, go back and find it. You'll hate it, but I know it's incredible. I yeah. know. I I already figured we were living on a prayer with two VAR calls <laughs> back. For Charleston, we're man. back. We're back on Arsenal again. <laughs> well, it was in, it was incredible. You how did this. Demari I did. No, I, I, I don't. Oh, no, I did. I sure did. But it was incredible how Richarlison, as much as I hate the guy, he was resilient today. I'll give him credit yeah, for that. Yeah, very. pushing. He's All true. right. The answer, the answer to the question is that Bamford is amazing, and it's terrible that he's coming back when he is. I know, because the schedule for Leeds is so bad. Three of the next four away, and their three away are Chelsea, Manchester City, and Liverpool. It's I don't, incredibly. I feel terrible. like you'd expect him to get and their home matches against Arsenal. against Arsenal, and I feel like he can get an assist in there somewhere. 
He can score a goal. So you're in not bringing there. in Patrick Bamford for no. an assist in four matches. No. That's just not what you're doing. He, the the because the price for him is close enough now to Mikhail Antonio. It, yes. For the people like for me, I sold Antonio a while ago, which hasn't hurt me. This was the first return. He gets an assist, which is <laughs> massive, like the luckiest assist the of all time. Absolutely it. the luckiest assist possible. <laughs> We're referring to the Masuaku. Shass, yeah, Dave. That was a shot. No, it sure wasn't. There's no way. There's no way. NBC, the NBC crew was <laughs> convinced that it was not a shot, and based on how he did not react after scoring that incredible goal, there's no way he intended to do that. Yeah. Who was he crossing it to? It no was one. a miss. It was a that, miss hit. It was no the way. worst. Yes. It it was was the, a, it there was is the no way he was aiming. Absolutely, he caught Mendy not looking, <laughs> and he and he shot. <laughs> He's not that good. I was gonna say if only Masuaku <laughs> was that good of a player that you could say, <laughs> oh yeah, he, mean, he was aiming right there. <laughs> he had that. He saw the distracted goalkeeper sliding across, and he put one by. All he, that to say, I don't like having Antonio in my lineup, but I was very fortunate to get this assist. And I immediately looked after I saw Bamford return and score. I was like, oh. Bamford for Antonio. That's easy. And then I was like, oh, shoot. No, well, now, so West Ham, finally, now they're done with their their (sighs) bad patch. West Ham now enters into an an outstanding run of of matches. Leeds is not going to go through their bad patch like West Ham did. West Ham's for real. Yes. They're for real. Yes, And by for real, I mean they could finish fourth. They beat Liverpool (laughs) and City already this season. So that's something. Then they just beat Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they are are for real. This is all they have to do is figure out how to beat the other the guys not in the top table. Well, right? and that's I mean that's <laughs> tough, right? I mean that's that's a like getting to fourth would be a major step up for them as it, a club. It is wild that they've beaten. They have beaten. They, they, yeah, they beat Liverpool, right? Well, VAR helped them. Yeah, here. They beat City, Liverpool, and I just yes. realized, and Chelsea. They've beaten the three top teams in the table. Yes, they, they just, can absolutely play with anyone. But they're distant fourth, and they—that's where they'll be. Well, it's going to be an amazing battle for fourth, which is fine. But it, it, like, they're not hurt with, they're not riddled with injury. Although Zuma no, went out. What's amazing? Right. Right. Their yeah, defense, that's their defense. No, they Johnson lost, went out. Ogbonna is out for the season with the with the yeah. actual knee injury, so that's bad. I think it's yeah, starting to hit. Johnson, the hamstring. Yeah, that's not great. But they, but you're swapping. Ben Johnson for, for Sufal, for Sufal who's already been out there. One of there. my favorite players. It might be. I mean, who knows? It might be a step down. Uh, Cresswell was hurt, too. So Aaron yeah. Cresswell is going to be probably back this Their weekend. defense is banged up. Right. But this is a West Ham club that's also navigating the Europa League right now, and they're still fourth place in the table. Yeah. No, they're doing great. And Mo- Moyes has done awesome, and I can't be more happy for that guy. What's amazing is that Mikel Antonio has been so active this season. He's like, played a lot. Like he's played more matches than you would have thought, right? The fact that he's gone on international duty and, and played, played for, for Jamaica, Jamaica yeah. and then come back and played, jump right back in with West Ham. Sure. Of all the hammers, hamstrings, I, I can't believe this is holding up like this. Have held up the most. I know. It's hammers amazing. really is the hammers can that, hamstrings. Can that be a T-shirt? It can be the pod title. This okay. Week. Uh, the answer to the question, though, for Patrick Bamford is. I don't know how you can do it. I want to. I want to. I'm so not going to bring him in, so I'll say dud over this period. Yeah, it's a dud. All right. I'm on board. All right. Finally, fourth and final, Jamie Vardy. Had, he's had a couple of good matches in recent memory of this season, but in the most recent game week this 
past weekend, he did not start and gave you a one for those of us who I are still, still him. I don't. I mean, if I was buying one guy this week, it would be Jamie Vardy. I'm hanging. No, if I'm, I was buying one guy this week, it would be Ronaldo. If I was buying a second guy this week, it would be Jamie Vardy. Right. In a new segment I like to call Hanging Tough. Okay. Are With you, NKOTB. I was, and yes, that song's playing right now. It's, so it's, it's just like, I am hanging just like tough. I remember it. I, I am it. hanging tough with Jamie Vardy. I still have him. I, I've also been hanging tough with Antonio, and I'm glad that we're about to to move out of that patch. On social media, this you know, I think it was earlier today, I mentioned as I was talking briefly about the Leeds-Brentford match that Patrick Bamford is the forward we are all missing in FPL. He just is. You know, This forward line has been an enigma this season, and it's because we don't have Patrick Bamford to help us be that second forward. And maybe that'll change over the second half of the season. But before I looked at the lead schedule, I was willing to say, because I, I do think I want Sun now. Yeah. Hey, so, Scott. I, like, don't have, I don't have another I, premium midfielder. Scott, I was I, willing to go from Vardy to Bamford so that I could go up to Sun in my midfield. Scott, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Is there any way that I could get released from the James Ward-Prowse <laughs> season, <laughs> season-long bet? So, so look, here's the deal. I can't even – I've been keeping him on the team. Sometimes I've started him thinking that he might enigma his way out. Normally, he's been finishing the season like in the top ten of scoring. I don't know necessarily where he is right now. He doesn't have one double-digit haul. He's got – on the season, he's got two goals and zero assists on the season mm-hmm. through 15 match weeks. This is, nor- this is under his normal performances. Mm-hmm. It serves you right. It serves you right for making a bad call on a terrible player. James Ward-Prowse. This is, is the this is the punishment you deserve, Dave. James oh. Ward-Prowse is a is very creative as far as Southampton midfielders go. I He's want, the one who made it possible uh, for Southampton to lose a couple of points with the Neil Mope goal, drifting back toward his goal so that Brighton stayed onside. Not only has he been terrible in FPL, that was a terrible logistical move Brian for him. Brian was about to tell us how he's almost not terrible in FPL. No, it's just that yeah, good it's, luck. But he's continuing. No, to... it's just that his underlying stats are really helping you. <laughs> I love a good underlying stat. Yeah, how many bonus points have those strategies? You, know you know what's amazing uh... to see this week is that Southampton played a not great side this week. And they and James Ward Prowse had Exactly zero creative impact on the game. <laughs> didn't create a chance. Well, he, had a, he had a free. He didn't create. He didn't create anything. I, I he would, did take two shots, but just not uh, like a not. Dave, not I would love to try three, to figure out for three years. No, for three years, I have sat here and I have said the same. <laughs> thing about James Ward-Prowse every time with utter consistency. And what do I get every time, Brian? Mock, scorn, and derision. Well, and why? In, in, in Because JWP finishes in the top ten in midfield of scoring every season. 
Well, that's just not this season. <laughs> that is that has been true. Uh, of course, it's and, been true. It's been true on the back of two four-game stretches every season, and the fact that you haven't got one of those yet, honestly, makes my heart happy, Dave. I am enjoying your misery. James Ward Prowse was was uh, he was a semi-buzzy uh, because of Price midfielder coming into this season, which is crazy. Semi-buzzy, even, Dave. It's, it's crazy to even think about that uh, right now since he's been. I can't. Uh, since I'm, he's I'm been so it, non-existent. I'm picturing it now, and in those who are excellent at Photoshop, I, I'm I'm urging you, please uh, reach out to me and uh, on social media and let me know if you can do this. I want to see a, a player card, a stat card of JWP <laughs> that shows his ownership with the less than sign next to zero point one percent, just to show that only Dave. Is the one he's owned one point nine percent, but I'm one of that one point nine. <laughs> the other, uh, the other millions that are involved in that, or not millions, but thousands involved in that one point nine are dead teams that started the year with him for sure. And you know what? I know that you were hoping for a little bit of grace from me. Look, I was just hoping for like one or two performances. I've kind of mm-hmm. trying to stick with the the uh, you know the the fun of the bet. And I've played him a few times, and it's just... I told you I would do the same thing. I want to get Sun in my lineup, but I can't because I have James Ward-Prowse hanging around. (laughs) Hey, it's okay. His format stretch is coming. It's coming, man. I'm not getting rid of Salah. I'm not getting rid of Jota, and I'm not getting rid of Bowen, (laughs) and I don't want to get rid of Rafinha. Uh, And there's James Ward-Prowse just taking my Sun spot. Dave, excellent segue. It's like we planned for this. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about the dumbass move of the week. Let's do that. All right. So there are four player moves that are happening to a great extent. And I want you guys to tell me if you think that they're good moves or if you think it qualifies as the dumbass move of the week. It's multiple choice. You each get a vote. You ready? I love this. Mikhail Antonio is coming in to lineups to a very high degree despite only getting a fluky assist mm-hmm. lately, and that happening obviously over this past weekend. So, letter A in this multiple choice game is Mikhail Antonio in to the degree that he is. It's I, because of the schedule, right, Brian? Yeah, I'm nervous about not having him right now. I have, okay. I have a, I have a medium level plan of getting him back in, but. I just feel like I, everyone his ownership's thirty nine percent. A lot of people still have Which him. It's I going think to 50. right. So I mean, th- this is what I was saying weeks and weeks ago. If you got rid of him at the start of the bad run, the only thing that you've missed in this in all of those matches is this assist. You <laughs> this is the one time he's gotten a return in however many weeks. For, for sure. So you've you've likely you know you've likely just evened out unless you've gone to somebody like. Heck, if you went to Emmanuel Dennis, you've probably made out like a bandit here. Oh, my goodness, for sure. Uh, but I'm saying, like, other players that are around that, I don't know that you've necessarily gotten the returns because the players who are a little less, even even Josh King, I mean, it hasn't been hasn't been great. It's been a little better, but not great. The Christian Bentekes who, you know, were... You know, were on fire, and then, you know, you get benched. He had good opportunities, just hasn't gotten the returns. The schedule's still really good for Crystal Palace. I still, I mean, I have Benteke now. I mean, I've, I that's somebody who I have for this exact, for that exact uh, reason. I can't wait to talk throughout the month about how well that goes for you. 
We'll see. I mean, we'll I, see. I, I, I hope it goes really good. Of course you do. <laughs> no, but um, but no, I, I, I don't hate it at all. Uh, Burnley this week, Arsenal next week. It's West Ham who are agree in all all in agreement that it's yeah. a legit team. Doesn't matter who they play. Um, they score three on Chelsea. Three on Chelsea. Doesn't matter who they play. All right, so it's not letter A. Letter B. Ivan Tony is one of the most transferred out players. The man had a COVID positive test that took him out of this past weekend. That's not forever. That's not a long term injury. Why are you sending Ivan Tony out like this? I have not had Tony in my lineup. I had him for a while for most of the start of the season. I stuck with him even when he wasn't scoring. Probably bad move on me. You know, he scored a goal against Everton and then and then one against Newcastle. Both of them, I believe, are penalties. I think one of each. So other than that, is is just the zero in this the straw that broke the camel's back for Ivan Tony owners? Well, probably? I think cause I, you, I think I just think that it's it's what everyone that it's it's because the players that are around him, Dennis the, the, is one. Yeah, the move either right, down Denny. to somebody lower to make a couple bucks. He, you know, he's. I don't know. I just don't think that he's enough of an asset to say I have to have him. As long as you're making the move to somebody that you're either like either you're playing the fixtures or you're going way up, like you're making a a big move in your roster. Emmanuel Dennis was the most transferred in for game week fifteen. That which makes is really interesting. That makes um that makes sense for money. And then um, if you it, had the well, gut, if you had the guts to throw him out there. It doesn't I mean, make sense to bring him in for the city good match. Job. I don't understand that. That was the transfer in, though. The most transferred in was Emmanuel Dennis. I agree with that. People either aren't paying attention to matchups or they didn't care because he's probably your third forward in terms of price. He's been wicked hot. I had two I'm free, starting him next week. I had two free transfers, and I did not bring in Emmanuel Dennis. I brought in Josh King. Yeah. Two reasons. Number one, I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing, and Josh King has been scoring points. Mm-hmm. Number two... I had Emmanuel Dennis to start the se- or I guess it wasn't to start, but like you got back. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. I feel like you did have him, and I and he did nothing in that stretch, and so there is emotional baggage. I didn't want to go back to him because I knew the moment I go back to him, he's going to do nothing. But I know Josh King, I know his ceiling in the Premier League. I think yeah. he can do things still with with I mean, his he'll be second fiddle to Dennis, but sure, any Dennis is cheaper. I think you did a great job. No, we, with King. No, we talked about this. Dennis is not anywhere close. This is exactly what we said before. I mean, you can have him. It's just if you want a guy who you trust to get a goal every time he shoots a shot and you want to be that lucky, you can do it. There's he's, no, he's been very consistently lucky. And we say on this pod, Scott, you make your own luck. So I don't know. I I agree I still went with, with you. Josh King. And, and look, I went Brian King. Smith Rowe continue. He's the same type of guy. Not to bring it back to Arsenal, but sure. if That's someone was times. to go to Smith Rowe, you would be like, Dave, he shoots once a game and he scores a game. How much longer is that going to continue? I don't know, but he keeps doing it. I I don't I don't know how else to to explain things, right? Like I I, I agree with you. I see the stats, but I look at the numbers and I'm like, Dennis is where I'd want to go. Then get him. I have him. I've <laughs> yeah, had him for I, I just a think, week or two. Yeah, I just think it's like we said a couple weeks ago. The only comp to Josh King was Mo Salah. That's that was the level that I he know, was performing. And that's at. horribly so, intimidating. I, I, right. I just don't know what to do with it because Josh King is not turning that into fantasy points, and unfortunately for me, that's what matters. Well, 
I'll uh, I'll move forward with Josh King. I'm actually excited to see which one of us, Dave, uh, benefits greater moving forward. Now that I have Josh King, I, I, you know I, what, Brian? This smells like a, a I, Josh I, King I, Dennis bet. I just think that the I just think that the the tiebreaker goes to the penalty taker, unless you unless it's like we said. How you how are you making your team? Is the penalty taker Tom Cleverly? No, it's Josh King. Oh, okay. <laughs> But it's, they don't have anyone to drop penalties. Did they shot one all year? Maybe yes, one. Yes, Sar took two. Dave he, doesn't need his penalties from Dennis. He's getting I'm them ready from to make James, a Dennis Josh King. Sar, he's getting them from James Ward-Prowse. Rest of the season? Oh, wait. Or? No, I'm just, let's, let's talk about the festive fixtures through January 3rd. More points, Josh King or Dennis, from yeah, right now. I feel great about Done. Josh King. Done. I'll right. take Dennis. Great. Yeah, Sar took two penalties against Manchester United. He one was a retake. Both were terrible. Josh King took the next one. So and Sar, uh, Sar being out has been not great. Dennis, like, look, Arlo White said it last match. There, they they said we're right above him. He's unbelievably quick. Just talked talked about what a what a uh, lightning fast kind of player he is. Mm. So. That matters, and that's, I mean, if they need that, he's the guy that can provide that, great. But, like I said, up until, you know, up until two weeks ago or a week ago or whatever it was, it was Josh King uh, as far as the, the numbers were concerned, and he was getting returns. All it the was numbers just that, but fantasy numbers. No, he I just was want get- that to be clear. Like, we can go back. Go back the last five weeks. Dennis has turned in a 2-14-10-9-2. and two. Josh King has turned in in the last five weeks a one six six two and one. Now, I don't know. Sure, no, I'm, I, I'm not denying that no, you the, say that no, the, the overall stats favor Josh King. This is why this game is so infuriating. Is because that's, that's completely a, it is fair. this exact. It is this exact thing. Is that Emmanuel Dennis, who who might get benched. At some point, <laughs> and fair, and then who, this who might be, who might just moved. sit he didn't, down? He didn't at, start for a couple of matches early in the right. different manager, of course, pre Zisco yeah. firing. But you know, he didn't play for a couple of matches while I had him, and that was very frustrating. He had that great yeah. start to the season, and then he sat. Right? No, no, I, I know. Now I don't think Rainier is going to bench Dennis. I, I, I would. No, I'd be just, surprised if that sure happened. It sure doesn't seem like it, especially it especially with Sar out. I mean, it's, right, it's, right, until right. until Sar gets back, then I think you're you're fine. All right, so it's probably not letter B, letter C. Shane Duffy. I already mentioned that Shane Duffy going out to the extent that he is, and it's just a yellow card accumulation, red triangle, one match. People are selling him, selling him, selling him. No, he was he was sellable a long time ago. So I, to me, if you this move, is Brighton, this is Brighton defense not being as good as yeah, and it was him. It was him losing his spot for for a week. He's now the fact that he's he's going to be nailed until the end of the year because of an injury. Like he was he was not selected two weeks ago. It wasn't just it wasn't just uh, he had a knock in the warmups or something. It was Veltman was preferred to Shane Duffy, which I get. Yeah, uh, Brighton fans probably weren't happy about that just because the same thing. Duffy's international form, his form this season overall has been outstanding. So he's been very good for them. For he, that run of matches he had where he was scoring a ton, like he was so cheap. Now yeah. that he's, you know, like he's useful, I think, just because of his price. 
So maybe this is... I think it's a fair move to move him out, especially because right. there are other players who are around that price well, that you can say, well, I'm going to... I'm going to take my chances with it. Maybe it'll be E, none of the above, but there is one more to discuss here. One of the top transfers out also, in addition to Duffy and Tony, and this is where the segue comes in from earlier, Dave, even though you've long forgotten, Rafinha. Rafinha, one of the top transfers out in the midfield. This one, we talked about their schedule, leads his schedule, but it's Rafinha. Yeah. Isn't he schedule-proof for at least an assist? kind of schedule proof i mean maybe it'll be better because he'll have somebody trustworthy like bamford to supply the ball to i, I don't know i i sold him uh and i think so <laughs> okay, I, all right. so i'm saying that as some as somebody who had him and is just hedging on the schedule of other players <laughs> and it was to get a manchester city midfielder in place of him so I'm not I'm not hedging to somebody who's terrible. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're so going I'm, you're I'm, going to someone. I'm going to somebody who to you me You weren't dumping Rafinha. Right. I am not going from Rafinha down to Billy Gilmore just to make some money, right. which is viable. I'm yeah. not I'm not hating on that kind of move if it's for, you know, if you need to go from like, you know, if you need to go from Gabriel Jesus to Ronaldo or something like that and you really need that money, mm-hmm. I can understand it. But yeah, to me, this was more about getting into the Manchester City schedule for a trustworthy Manchester City midfield. All right, so what's your final vote then? Is there a dumbass move of the week this week? It's A, Antonio in, B, Tony out, C, Duffy out, D, Rafinha out, or E, none of the above. Are the masses right? I think the dumbest possible move could be the Rafinha move. I'm acknowledging that. What was B? Ivan Tony out. No, that's right. I would yeah, I think I think with Brian Rafinha, I don't know why people if I I don't even care at this point in the season losing a tenth on stupid moves like that. I mean, good players just continue to produce and you got to stick with them. The masses and, are incredibly to use the term from earlier, knee jerk. They're the masses are knee jerk and I don't play that way. Thanks Ben Chilwell. I if I have a guy that I know is going to finish the year well and he's healthy and he's playing, I'm probably going to stick with that guy and fix my lineup at the fringes or wow. where the injuries are occurring. But that's just me. I, I don't I don't know how to play this well, game. I, see, I think this is – so this – a good comparison for me this week was that I – my my dumb move by numbers was to sell Brian Embuemo to bring in Diogo Jota. That's a, that's a, that is a minus move for me this week was to lose Mbuemo's assist, which he finally gets a return after all those weeks of getting nothing. And he gets he gets a five <laughs> in a week where Joda misses probably the easiest chances he'll ever have but that's, and finishes with a three. But that's so, where you look at the bigger picture, Brian. Right. You say so moving well, forward, but what this I'm saying is like, this is a Josh King, Emmanuel Dennis thing where like the numbers say Joda should have put the ball in the net and he didn't because this is what Joda does a lot of the time. He misses easy ones. And Embuemo, who has been amazing in underlying stats finally gets gets his due in a match where like you hope for a return like this was a perfect a perfect place for Rafinha to go double digits is against this Brentford team and he gets an assist 
So this was this was the match that you would say, like, I want Rafinha for this because it's about to get really bad for Leeds. That's fair. And, like, he is not a double-digit player. He just isn't. He as good as as good of a player as he is, he is a he is a seven, eight, or nine. That is his that seems and, to be his ceiling. He's right. I agree completely. And and but he's fairly consistent with it. I would just say this, like some teams like West Ham and others, like I don't think Leeds goes into any match not thinking that they can't win it. And I think that's one thing we love about Leeds. They're gonna it's gonna be probably the most one of the most exciting matches of the week, right? Yeah. Everyone knows this. And he's magic. So, 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 uh, that's so nothing, going into, yeah. especially with Bamford coming back, mm-hmm. um, along with Stroik, I think Stroik came back from injury as well. Defender, uh, obviously not the hype that he has when your center forward comes back. Obviously not the hype when your center forward comes back. But I just wonder if they're not in position to get a goal or two from City, from Chelsea, and that Rafinha and Bamford both aren't somewhat relevant, even through this hard stretch. Good conversation, gentlemen. Let's talk about one more thing. We've been discussing the idea of club mojo a lot as a in that's as a, a scientific FPL America podcast thing. It's a metric uh, that mm-hmm. we have it created. We are waiting for the organizational motivation score or OMS to appear on the FPL <laughs> website. It's only a matter of time. But I think we need to be on the lookout. And and I thought this, and I of course I didn't say it anywhere publicly, so you can. You can disregard this all you want to. But I made a note prior to the Everton-Arsenal match that Everton's club mojo is going to immediately begin to rise. Now, obviously... Because of what? When Damari Gray scores a goal in stoppage time like he did today, that's going to also help the club yeah. mojo. By the way, by the way, they were an Aubameyang abomination away from drawing that match. Did anyone uh, yeah, stick around the to watch yes, the, the, the literal the, last, yeah, the last kick, kick of, the of the game? game. Yes, yes. Yeah, I saw a that. A pass came through the middle. I don't remember the what Arsenal player was in the middle, but he dummied the ball, stepped over it, right to Aubameyang on the back post. Goalkeeper not in position. Any average forward scores this ball. He's gone six or seven games without a goal. He shoots, and it doesn't come close. Embarrassing. Dave, yeah, I see, absolute embarrassing. I see your Aubameyang abomination, and I raise you an Enkedia double chance off the post. Oh my gosh! Ten like, minutes what, prior, how, how many inadequate Arsenal strikers do they need to put on the pitch for them to, along with Granite Xhaka, to just completely fucking implode? Like uh-huh. I was losing my mind today. Eddie Enkedia is a fine player. He's not good enough. Hey, to who play. got kicked in the face? I don't even know and don't care. It was early did, on. Did someone, I yeah, an Everton sure. player kicked a, an Arsenal player because Arsenal, I would just say Arsenal Twitter for one. I'm sure Arsenal if everywhere was If it was Tomiyasu, his it, face is chiseled of stone. So, like, it wouldn't even No, even somebody matter. got somebody got kicked in the face, and the general reaction was, if that was Xhaka, that's, that would have been a... That would have been like a lifetime ban. <laughs> like oh, if it wow. had been anybody. Okay. Like so basically, if it this. had been, yeah, so we need first to, half, This is important. The first we, half, yeah. unfortunately, I was still at work. I did not see any of the first half. Yeah. So. Anyway, yes, I just want to say that there was. It seemed like there was plenty to go around for both sides here, between VAR decisions that went, you know, 
How, whether they, they didn't were, get it wrong, I was it was just say, unfortunate for right, them. Right, really, like, unlucky, you know, Richarlison being resilient, but also Arsenal getting apparently ripped off on a uh, studs-to-the-face uh, kind of play at some point. Again, Maybe. I, can't, I can't speak on that at if all. If only I there mean, were a way for... I watched, you guys talk about it, I'll find it. I watched the extended highlights of this match. I did okay. not see this match live, and whatever Brian's talking about didn't even make the extended highlights, because I have no idea okay. what he's talking about. So I always am skeptical about those types of plays that Twitter says are a big deal, but the highlight package doesn't show at all. We, we, we'll see. we shall see. Brian will give us a definitive answer. Uh, I think, though, I, I thought prior to this match that Everton's club mojo would increase because Everton sacked their director of football, which immediately says, all right, Rafa, it's in your hands. There is no standing in your way anymore. When it comes to players think, in the future... Look, we don't know. I don't have sources in the Everton organization. Is there some beef going on there? Is there some? Was there some Rafa director of football organization? No, I don't beef? think so, so much. I think it was just a matter of the fact that the director of football had spent 300 million pounds, and it's leading to a bottom half of the table result. Gotcha. Brian, the incident in question was that Ben Godfrey uh, stepped on uh, Tomiyasu's face no wonder I didn't see the VAR ruled it, it to be accidental. But if you would like to look at the picture of this and tell me how somebody managed to do this in a in a match and didn't get punishment, right. I think the feeling was. I think the feeling was that Ben Godfrey uh, delayed a little bit. That seeing the replay, it was it was one that of those kind of knew where he was landing, but. But then, because of the speed of it, it was like, well, maybe it was just Listen, good. Ironically, that I said Tomiyasu only like the, the only reason why he didn't get stitches was because he is chiseled of stone. So Godfrey picked a good guy to cleat in the face. Hmm. Scott, what you saw the picture? What what does that tell you enough? I mean, an image. Uh, the image looks bad. No question. I mean, there, there's no, yeah. there's so, no arguing that. Right. The, the, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And you and we all know exactly what it looks like. There are plenty of times where the slowed down version of something looks way worse okay. than what it is in real speed. Whatever. Did you Either get that way. from Brother Matt? Because Brother Matt finds all of the doctor no, no, images. No. I no. I promise. All I searched was our Everton <laughs> Arsenal studs face. Okay. That's he all. I've already been is. fighting about college football playoffs. He's not going to be happy with this me. This is not an American football podcast. It's not. Uh, but we talked about that. Um, we talked about soccer this weekend. This one of the other things about our, our Everton that was very obvious in this match, uh, not just that they, the, obviously the fans who uh, some walked out uh, early on in the match, which was, uh, you know, protest. But by the end, uh, the loudest stadium probably in the entire world, all it took was for Everton to get Abdullah Decore back in their midfield. And that's a thing. And, that is and a thing. we are inching closer and closer to Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back yeah. here for Everton. So I, this is a huge Decore result. was a massive player to come back for them. Yeah. When I saw the lineups and I saw he was back, I thought, oh, crap. I yeah. look at Arsenal's lineup. I'm like, I don't love that lineup. Here's, a, here's the good thing and the bad thing when it comes to Everton in general right now. And, and you could argue that this is part, part of the reason why the director of football, Marcel Brands, was sacked. They have important players. They have good players in key positions, yeah. like Decore, like Richarlison, DCL, and others. But they have no depth, no replacements, no cover. Yeah. 
There is nothing beyond that for starting eleven, yeah. and some of those starting eleven probably shouldn't be in, in the starting eleven. Yeah. We t- you you ask every uh, every month, Dave, about Andre Gomez. That's another example, right? Another guy back in the lineup today. Yeah, there you go. And you can't replace Dominic Covert Lewin with Solomon Rondon. No, he's he's good cover for cup matches yeah. and uh, and and maybe like 5 minute a professional guy who's going to do the job appearances exactly yeah that's exactly right a guy that's now, a, yeah you take rafa's seemingly i don't know unchecked power behind the scenes i mean that's probably not the case obviously he still reports to an owner but he's definitely got more clout now I think you're going to see some good things. It, it can only go up, I think, from this here forever. This is interesting, Scott. We'll see. All right. Brian, any other points you want to make before I go into my segment blitz? Just that two of the – to go back to a point that we touched on here before, uh, two of the best-performing midfielders of the moment are two of the biggest overachievers in in football right now. So Mason Mount and Bernardo Silva – could not be overachieving based on what their stats are more than they are. They're two of the high. I mean, obviously in the last two weeks, they're tied for number one in midfielder scoring 25 points apiece on expected goal involvements. That would be about like a two, like what they're doing is so far beyond like that, that Mason Mount, like a perfect example, like two goals from four shots on target. I mean, this is exactly what you, you know, this is exactly what you look at from, like, the most clinical players in the game. And Mason Mount typically isn't that. So, like, this is one of those guys, like, I get it. Like, going to him, uh, you know, I, I understand the move. And like for you, Scott, you still, I'm assuming, still have him. But, like, no. Oh, you got rid of him? Uh, before this game week. <laughs> Scott! <laughs> oh, my I did. Goodness. I did what you did. I went to Mount to Jota. Yes. See, that is so – that, and that is a sensible – on paper, that is a sensible move. Jota burned so many people this week. I had two, two frees, and I went Mount to Jota and Huang to King. Okay. Yeah. And I feel great about my lineup moving forward. It did not pay off, just like you mentioned, for me either in this last game. Well, now that he's gone, I was half expecting you to say, like, this is idiotic. <laughs> he's not in your lineup. No, just that, no, no. Just, that, uh, like, just to throw expected numbers in, he's got 25 points on what you would say an expected number of 13.8. Like, five shots, which is fine in two weeks, but... Like I said, two goals from four shots on target. Like it just, you're just not gonna score many goals from that kind of not just not just a fifty percent like on target scoring percentage, but like even with two, he has two FPL assists in that like in this span with an expected assist uh, number of of less than point five. Like he's like great for his scores. Just man, that's kind of lucky. And Bernardo Silva, the hard thing about Bernardo Silva is that, like a lot, of, like Rafinha, he's he right now, he already is a magic kind of player. This form that he's in, like Phil Foden in the FP, like in the Fantasy Premier League video when they interviewed Phil Foden about like, you know, they do that all the time with the players and ask him like, 
who's the most likely to get a yellow card on right. your team? Who's who's the guy who's most expected to score a goal? And he said, I'd say Bernardo. He said flat out, like the form that he's in, the way he's playing right now, like we expect that Bernardo Silva is going to score all the time. This leads me and to he, something. And he's that. doing that. Scott, I have to mention this. I acknowledged it on social media already. I understand. But I needed an acknowledge this on the podcast. You're one still thing, not able to get rid of James Ward-Prowse. One thing that we do on the podcast is oftentimes anyone can just waltz through this world, Brian, never making any bold predictions. Okay, mm-hmm. Anyone can cannot make predictions. Mm-hmm. But in the public light, sometimes, oftentimes, we're requested to end or and or feel pressure to make predictions. That's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. You went on the limb, and, and here's the other thing. No one ever remembers the predictions you got right, Scott, because no one <laughs> wants to give you credit I do, for that. I do, and I come back to them frequently. <clears throat> Everyone will always remember the predictions you get wrong. Yeah. This past week, I... League Diane properly torched you yeah. on a prediction you made. About Bernardo. Yeah. About Bernardo, yep. and you've already had a mea culpa for that. I have. But look. This happens. Look There's at the, nothing more humbling than being Look at the a, bigger pundits than the FPL America yeah, podcast. Yeah. David Monday is like, I'm signing off for like three three weeks. Or, you know, like, like no one's making proper predictions right now except for Captain Solo every week. Okay. Like, anyone can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm doing it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, so I just yeah, wanted to bring right. that up. I want to acknowledge the torching that League Diane did. So on the back of that, just to say for city midfielders, my question would be, who do you want? And the reason why, because all I would say any of the five that are currently starting are viable. And I'm including Raheem Sterling in there. And And the reason why I say that is because Raheem Sterling is now on his fourth straight start. He as far as he's back to what he was before. There's only one person beating Raheem Sterling in the last four weeks for almost anything. And it's. And it's Mo Salah, as midfielders go. Like, he's back to where he was in terms of, like, activity, goal involvement. Yes, he his passes, shots, shots. The number of times that he's touching the ball in the box. And he's gotten a few returns here. Like, I know we say, like, he is too expensive. I'm not, like, I, there's no way I would, there's no way if you have the choice between him, him or Son that you're picking Sterling. Sterling is a, such a wild, like, you're really playing this game for fun if you're picking Raheem Sterling. But, like, it's a legit what he's doing. I don't – it doesn't feel like uh, like two years ago Raheem Sterling, but it's really good. Like, it's really positive compared to where he has been. Um, Bernardo Silva on fire. Jack Grealish comes back here, back for 68 minutes, and he is – Tied for the most of anyone for big chances, for shots, for shots in the box. I think like that all Jack, happened in the first 10 minutes. He had so many chances like early. Jack Grealish was Jack Grealish is one of the best like statistical performers of the week. Like It ended with a three for Jack okay. Grealish. But right. Gundogan, who so many people were going to. But tons of people went to right. Gundogan. Who did, he His did ownership this, right, he did skyrocketed this, to 3.8. He did the same thing. Gundogan, still an option. 11 touches in the box this week. Third most for of any player in the game week. Tied with Jack Grealish. Talked about Raheem Sterling. Phil Foden is the one that, to me, comes back, plays 74 minutes, gets an assist and two bonus points this week. He started at the like as the striker. So he starts as their false nine this week. Creates the most chances of anybody this week. 
created three big chances for people, which no one else did this week. He's 6.9% selected. He's been transferred in 16,000 times this week. Bernardo Silva has been brought in over 400,000 and is selected by over 21%. Like, Phil Foden, like, all of the movement to him a few weeks ago, like, completely went away when he was injured and then sat out a match. He comes back in and has an unbelievable match, which is massively overshadowed by Bernardo Silva. Wow. And and now it's it's reflected in the percentages of transfers in. If I could have both Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden, I would want to do that. And the reason why is that Bernardo's now like on this he's on a Gundogan of last season kind of run of form here. It doesn't seem like it's going away. Manchester City's entering into probably the best run of matches that almost any team has in the next month, at least. And they need these guys. Like, all of everything that they're doing is happening through those players. Gundogan, Foden, and Bernardo Silva, for sure. If Sterling is going to play up to a, a level that we've like that we know he's capable of, and Jack Grealish is getting back into the mix to be a facilitator again, to be at like an additional attacker there, an additional passer. How you, I don't like, I want to double up or possibly triple up on them as much as possible. Wow. That's bold. I, like, I love, like, I, Bernardo. How many Chelsea defenders do you still have? Two. Interesting. Okay. They get a good run of matches. Like, the, and, and this is like for volume and for like, I don't know who you prioritize because one, you're you are gonna have to worry about like the occasional rest. Like that's that you you are gonna have to do it. But if you're getting a fourteen from Bernardo Silva, like we're back to where we were before with these guys. Like it's it's this same but I would say it's those three for sure. Like flip two coins or whatever between Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, and Gundogan. Because they're all three, the form on all three of those guys, like they're in the mood, they're playing really well, and they have the matches to to go with it right now. Well, my uh, FPL bad beat of the week is and continues to be my ownership of Ruben Diaz. Surely it can't continue <laughs> to be this bad. But when Cucho scored oh, his goal late. Which was a fantastic goal. It was a nice goal. Uh, but it also killed any clean sheet hopes that I had and meant that only those midfielders that you mentioned scored any points for City in terms of fantasy. Yeah, and Cancelo owners, I'm sure, felt the same way because oh, so yeah. many people are in Cancelo. Laporte has been very good. Laporte continues to be very good for them. He's another guy that, you know, if you really wanted to you could you could hey, go you could I, go to this i game. mentioned you know the the play might not be just who's playing norwich it might just be who's playing watford there's going to be a yeah. lot of goals yeah four Probably. more here in this match i i just laporte in his last six matches minus three zero five one zero two when you say he's been good 
You're not meaning fantasy scores. No, not at all. No, that's what I'm saying. But you're meaning it, real life. But I'm saying even like Cancelo, who, when he was hot there for a minute, was scoring a lot of points. For sure, that was fourteen, twelve, and then and then last three weeks, one, two, two. Right, and he get and so it's a it's a late, you know, a a kind of garbage timey kind of goal that Watford gets here that right. takes a clean sheet away from these guys. For like, sure, like you're not expecting it to end the way that it did in this match. So no. that's what I'm saying, like. Yeah. For I'm just saying that as as like the performances go, like John Stones I think was a later sub in this match, so John Stones is a is a selection. So I just you know that rotation I feel like between Stones, Laporte, and Diaz, I don't know that Diaz loses his spot. Probably doesn't lose his spot. Might, I mean, now's might. not the time to sell him, right? I I don't know. I probably have to and do a negative four double move to get to a city midfielder. That's the hard thing, though, is that you if you care about the matchups and you have a trustworthy defender for them, he might be the like you'd like to you'd like to ask the same question: Is the roulette is your is your center back safe from that somehow? I mean, I just reworked my midfield finally <laughs> to get it to where I'm okay with it. Salah and Jota are in it. Connor Gallagher is in it. Emil Smith Rowe, Damari Gray. I mean, Damari Gray has been on the cusp of being transferred out for a while now. Not now, he's and not. Not now, he's not. So, I mean, did it, you actually you played him this week? I did. Dave, I mean, I don't know. That deserves like a small plaque or a, at least a what are you talking a medallion about? Man? Of some point. No way. That's, that's, Scott, Scott, he's gotten back to back Scott, to back matches, but credit credit to you. That uh, Damari Gray, who probably ranks in the top maybe 50 of fantasy scorers this season, for whatever reason, you have decided to stick with him um, playing for Everton. And so credit to you that that you finally got a return. Damari Gray the- is 12th in midfielder scoring. That's not a terrible own. At I mean, 5.5, he is the lowest priced midfielder in the top 15. That's excellent. Yeah, I just so, I just think I, they I'm just gonna, given if he to, didn't get the shot of his life today, he would have gotten another two. So I'll go back eight games. Five, two, three, one, one, six against Liverpool, and then a nine against Arsenal where he gets all three bonus or he gets two yeah, bonus. Yeah, did points. you play him against Liverpool? No. Right. But right. that's the so, thing. He's my fifth midfielder. Yeah. So he has been that, number one on my bench or in my lineup. Game of his game. life today against Arsenal. Although you got credit for it. Cresswell was work. out. I ended up not getting anything from Emile Smith Rowe either. I'm not saying Damari Gray's a bad own. I'm just saying there are way better owns out there. At five and a half in the midfield, there's none. Literally none. That's yeah, fair. He, I was gonna say he might I cannot argue. He that might point. have taken over, like I think for the Brentford. All the other guys that I was were gonna there say, Brentford, have gained. Yeah, Brentford's run of matches, which Embuemo was the guy in that. Embuemo never did anything anyway. Right, that's what I'm saying. He only it's like this is the first everyone, week that he got anything. Everyone, I'm saying that Damari Gray now might like if he's if if the shot of his life is going to put him back on the radar for that price range. Sure, yeah. He, he also had well. an assist on the other goal. So I mean, he, he was he was playing right behind Richarlison. Which changes when Dominic Calvert Lewin yeah, comes back. Positionally, he's been fine. Like he's been doing that whenever he's played. It's just that Everton was so awful for so long. They were. I'm really surprised that you held on to. Um, you know how sometimes I avoid taking negatives, and that means that there are guys I just delay getting around to sending out. Mm-hmm. That was Damari Gray. That was Damari Gray, and 
it happens to have paid off, and I'm I'm keeping him. And yeah. I don't think it was that bold to play him against Arsenal. I re- I really don't. Um, the next, I have another question. Were you going to end this, or were you going to? I was going to end this. But I have one other question. So Manchester United's the other club that's about to go on a the best possible run of matches that there is. Is there <sighs> any United asset that you would even consider having other than Cristiano Ronaldo? No. They play Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa. That is their next six matches. Wow. So Brighton, fine, toughish as things go. <laughs> Wolves, we've said already, Wolves are not an easy team to break down this season. They have been very good defensively. Yeah. So two of the two of the six that they have upcoming, you would just say. They look green on paper. They look green according to the matchup rater or whatever. Probably not as green as it looks. Sure. Maybe not even gray, depending on how you see them. Okay. But it is United. It is Manchester United, and it is a Manchester United that I think it, it seems like they're ready to have play. a plan. Yep. Definitely more than what they had under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And something that's still true under Solskjaer, but might actually be a good thing now. They've had an unchanged lineup in the last couple of matches in the league. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo's benching. That is feels like a lifetime that's o- ago. That's over. Yeah. Uh, he still get nothing this week, or got no return at least this week. Against a tough Crystal, like kudos to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Like, they they had to earn this win. Yeah. Very, very good performance from Crystal Palace. Like, they keep playing very well, but still, like, it, you know, I love the Men in Blazers tweet, of course. Like, you know, this is Fred's team now. That's <laughs> just that Fred has been their best performer for two weeks in a row now, or one of. Like oh Fred's been goodness. outstanding; he really has been. What's What's hard is that, like, okay, so in the last three game weeks, who's doing what? Right, Cristiano Ronaldo eleven shots, Bruno's next with six, then Fred with three. No one else has more than two in the entire team after huh. that. So like so not Rashford, not Sancho. Right, Rashford Greenwood hasn't back made from the injury. Lineup. Yeah, Greenwood hasn't gets the goal this week or gets the assist sub. this week on the Fred yeah. goal, right? Rashford is maybe the more interesting like of the of those guys. He'd be the one I'd consider going to, but there's no legitimate reason why. Three big chances for Ronaldo. Jaden Sancho has one. Not one other Manchester United player has a single yeah. big chance in that time. I'm just like it just seems like there's a lot of opportunity here. Somebody, like we said it for Telus and, and Dallo and or Shaw and Juan Basaka. Mm. It seems like there's opportunity here. It's just weird price points for the midfielders. Even for Ronaldo, yeah. he's so expensive. Yeah. If you don't have Kane and you're go if you're trying to go from because no one has Lukaku anymore, if you're trying to go even from Vardy to Ronaldo, that's a big jump. It's almost two full dollars. And as disappointing as you are feeling about Jamie Vardy's performance over this past weekend, I don't know that it's going to be worth it to go from Vardy to Ronaldo. Ten percent of people still own Lukaku. I was going to say definitely, which is insane. Yeah, definitely not this week. Like definitely, you would not go from Vardy to Ronaldo this week. I feel like that would no. be that is such. If that is the move that you need to make this week, then you have then you are in second place. Like I don't like I, to me that is like such an insane like luxury kind of move. 
I feel like it's a bit of, you know, I, I would still see it as, you know, for me, like I would still see it as like a really luxury move to go. And I have the money to do it, to go from Kane to Ronaldo. Like as bad as Kane has been, it's just with the hope that Norwich is going to stink and that Ronaldo is going to beat up on a team that is actually bad. It, 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 this, like, it looks great on paper, but are we ready to throw that kind of trust behind any Manchester United player? Man. Not me. All right. Uh, I already mentioned the bad beat of the week being Cucho's goal for Watford. Let's keep it with Watford and give out the Brad Guzan Award for Courage. This segment was created after Brad Guzan, while he was goalkeeper for Aston Villa, gave up nine goals. I remember. Was it Chelsea? I think it was eight goals against Chelsea, but had... like. Double-digit saves as well. I mean, it yeah, was absolutely right. like, insane. In other words, the, he was there was no defense in front of him. He literally <laughs> was a pasting dartboard. Which is why we call it the Award for Courage, for named sure. in his honor. I'm giving it to Daniel Bachman because even though he gave up three goals to Manchester City, he also made nine saves. Ended up with four fantasy well points. Well done, this Bachman. Match. He looked good. Wow. He, yeah. he was a bright spot for Watford despite giving up three well, goals. I was wow. going to say, I know the question came up even on uh, for some of the fantasy premier league pundits this week about like what if you you know what to do with with ben foster if you're a ben foster haver and i just thought like you know it's funny it's obvious what to do with him if you can find point two just go to bachman well i had point two I, I had bachman to start the season and then all of a sudden he stopped starting and foster started starting and so then i had no backup goalkeeper playing when i needed it the most and so i sold bachman and I don't have Foster. Now's the time to go to Bachman, and I have Foster. I, look, you know what's interesting? I don't have to make a move anywhere else on my team. I might actually make that move because Foster's not expected back to like mid-January. Yeah. Whatever this injury is for I Foster need a, is 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 being classified as long term. I, I somewhat need a, a backup goalkeeper here. Yeah. I might do that this week. I never thought I <laughs> No, it's not using transfers on your second goalkeeper is not. <laughs> no, but, not standard. but if you're playing him, which is a a choice, that is a viable choice. It is. You shockingly. could make. You could spend right now eight point two on your goalkeepers if you have if you have Bachman and Ben Foster, and you can play Bachman. Like, there's no reason that you can't play that guy. Just the same way that you could have played Ben Foster. And a lot of weeks, you would have been right to His play Ben Foster. His next four matches at Brentford, at Burnley, Home Palace, at Wolves. There is nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, but the they next will. Four, they're Watford. They're going to give up at least six goals in those four matches. Listen, Watford. I don't know how they're going to happen, what the distribution will be, but six goals are getting scored against Watford goalkeeper in those four matches. Look, all I know is this. Watford in all their matches they've played this year have gotten zero clean sheets. So <laughs> yeah, so right. it's, it's save points. It's yeah. possible save points that it can happen. But hey, but you use that free transfer on your second goalkeeper and I, keep it. I've keep done it, with it the but I haven't clicked save yet. Yeah, I don't know that you should. All right, my honorary meaningless fantasy half point. Okay, is going to go to it's 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 going to go to. Well, the love note that was handed from, note? from David Moyes to Declan Rice. So I don't remember. I think it was Ben Rama was subbed on late with like 10 minutes left you know, while the match was still 2-2 with West Ham and Chelsea. 
And we've seen this before this season where a manager will scribble notes and send the substitute on with the note in his hand to give it to a player on the pitch. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Southampton, but I don't remember. Uh, whoever received the note threw it off the pitch, like on the sideline, and then someone else ran and grabbed it so that the opposing team couldn't get it. Right. But anyway, I just had the old country song, Check Yes or No, playing in oh, my no. head. Yeah, sure. When yeah. I saw that note being handed around among the hammers, you know, from Ben Rama to Rice. Mm. But you know what? Whatever was on that note, it worked. Yeah, West Ham gets the win on a fluky goal. But I just, to me, it was like a lips like your passing love notes. It was very sweet, and that moment good. made my heart happy. Nice, and it made me think of a song from high school that was terrible. Then. Jared Bone got a return. Just want to throw that it's in. It's still there. terrible. Yeah, now. well, no, I was gonna say after three weeks of me renaming the podcast the Jared Bone Podcast, he finally comes back and rewards me with something. So thank you, Jared. Last but not least, this is my uh, VAR moment for the podcast. There was an odd, very bizarre moment in the Aston Villa-Leicester match where Jacob Ramsey seemingly scored a goal only to have it taken away by VAR. And literally no one, not even Arlo White, who was calling this match for NBC Sports, knew why the, the goal was taken away by Michael Oliver when he went to the screen at the uh, prompting of VAR. The reason is very clear. It's law number 12. Law number 12 states that, well, I actually copied and pasted it, so I would have it here while we were recording, and I can read it to you guys. A goalkeeper is considered to be in control of the ball with the hand or hands when, and it gives a whole list, but one of the reasons is the ball is between the hands or between the hand and any surface, for example, the ground. Now, Sky Sports timed it. Casper Schmeichel laid his hand Armed, arm outstretched, put his hand on top of the ball while the ball was on the ground for one-twelfth of a second. One-twelfth of a second? But because he had pressed the hand down on the ball, essentially, like, picture how a holder in the NFL, this is not an NFL podcast, but how the holder will hold the, the ball down for the kicker to kick it. Right. That's sort of what Casper Schmeichel did with his hand on top okay. of the ball for a twelfth of a second. Long enough for Jacob Ramsey to kick through the ball and a little bit of Schmeichel's hand into the net. Goal, right? right? No. Because law number 12 was put into effect. Oh, boy. Nobody watching that match in that stadium, the tens of thousands who were there, Mm-hmm. None of the new number or law, at home, law number twelve. The did. millions of us watching this match at home, oh. because of the announcers not knowing, mm-hmm. understood that law number twelve was the reason why Michael Oliver, who's a very good referee, sure he's human, he makes mistakes, but he's a very good referee. He very definitively looked at the screen and said, "No goal." And everyone's like, "How? What? How is that possible?" Well, it's because Schmeichel had his hand on top of the ball, pressing it down on the ground for a twelfth of a second. That's the kind of thing where here in the United States, I guess we're spoiled, Dave. Mm. I don't know what it is, but you know, any sports league will have some sort of rules analyst, on-field, uh, you know, um, you know, a third announcer, whatever it is, someone who's going to explain to us the rationale behind that. Right. In some leagues, the NFL, the NHL, even the NBA, you get the ability to hear from the referees directly. And the referees yeah. will say to you, either yeah. directly to the fans or at least to the announcers on TV, they'll say, here's the call and why. Right. Yeah. 
no well, one was explaining that Michael Oliver was using law number 12 to put this to, to rule this goal this not, goal out. Not Premier League broadcasts in the United States too. We'll have Mark Clattenburg on a lot as a guest to explain the rationale. He was behind. on for a lot of international matches yeah. over the international break for ESPN. Yeah. And that's all you need. Yeah. The moment you bring in a Mark Clattenburg or even, ah, hell, I hate the guy, but Dr. Joe for Fox. I don't care yeah. who it is. Bring the guy in to have him tell us what was exactly used. Yeah. To Otherwise, we're sitting there thinking, I guess there's a, there's, a, there's a type of soccer that we just aren't privy to. <laughs> and, and definitely in the NFL, it happens a lot where the, the rules analyst isn't entirely sure what the actual rule is. And they <laughs> just are guessing because they sure. don't know why somebody made the decision they did. At least you have somebody that you can say, hey, what was going on there? And it's like, well, I'm supposed to know, but I don't actually know. Here's a deal. But Mark Clattenburg is not that guy. He's the kind of guy that would say, if it was me, this is what I would have done. This is what the rules say. This is what the referee saw. This is what what he did about that. We got got that a little bit with the David De Gea laying with his back to the goal. That odd goal that Emile Smith-Rowe, I think it was, that ended up scoring midweek. Uh, yeah, we got a little bit of that explanation, but it wasn't from the Premier League. It wasn't from during the Premier League broadcast. It was outside of it. And and Dave, this is this is like you could you could say okay, Casper Schmeichel, twelfth of a second hand on the ball. That's a law problem, right? right? That's not control. They need to do a better job of defining control. That's fine. You can absolutely argue that all day long. But on Sunday afternoon, as part of this match, what you had was a marketing problem. Mm. You had an information problem that is easily solvable if you can just get off your high horse and just decide to do it and treat this, treat the fan watching at home as important as you should be already. That's all it takes. And I will end there. All right. Real quick, in the FPL America Podcast League, the top scorer for Game Week 15 was Tatenda, a 79 Tatenda out of Zimbabwe. Nice. Thank you for wow. listening. Scoring is 79. His team name, Dave, is Gunners Light FC. He's an Arsenal fan. Registered uh, as... Well done, my friend. Well done. It's been a rough <laughs> nine days. Part of the Arsenal fan group. But Gunners Light FC, Tatenda, top score with 79 points. Now, in the top three, we have a change at number one. Nirvana State, Michael, back up to number one, eking out Diane by three overall points. Diane Fusion Freaks FC is down to number two. Oh, Something tells me there's still no. a battle brewing there. There's some separation, though, between those two and third place. All-star listener Ryan, team named High Pressing. Ryan's having to hold off Kerry and Anthony. He's only four points ahead of them, but that's your top five. Ryan currently the one in third. Mm. Very competitive league. We get a few days to Love breathe. It. And then it all begins again because guess what, Dave? Just like we had three game weeks in a week, we have three more in the next week after we get through these uh, UEFA matches here in the midweek. So it's all coming again. The festive fixtures continue. Stay with us on social media. I've been posting like crazy. You're probably sick of seeing my mustache by now. But there it is all over the place. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Find us. And uh, that's how you'll get the match-by-match analysis. Brief, but definitely comprehensive as we're going through the results of all the matches. Scott, way to blaze through that. And I'm not sure how you did that all with one breath. Ryan, do you have any, any last nuggets? You like uh, no, just anyone a, from Southampton? Yes, I do like uh, Southampton. Yeah, man. How did you know? 
That's so crazy. Uh, yeah, I was thinking exactly. Armando Broja, such Take a good two. player. Uh, no, just scored this week. Um, hard to trust the minutes, though. He's been in and out of the lineup for Southampton. Uh, no no fault of Danny Ings, that is for sure. Uh, right, right. No, just that he, he... Well, Adam Armstrong's been getting a nod in a lot of matches. Yeah, and Che Adams is playing very well, but Broja, every time he gets a shot, he's... He's been outstanding. Yeah. So hey, at five zero, such a product. good player. Yeah, and Chelsea fans love him. Like Chelsea is, they are not interested in any way of I letting him go away. Obviously, he's on loan. I guess. Yes, Bro, he is on loan. All right, very good. Of course, Chelsea loans out half their players too. And Neil Mope keeps making people eat their words. No way. He's a dud. Let's let's end he's on a, dud. He's a hilarious guy. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.